The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. Well, we're in a new series and I'm excited about what we're going to talk about uh, as we talk about life givers. Uh, And I don't know about you, but um, I I like to be around people that have a little bit of life, you know, that aren't dead. Let me just tell you this. I don't want a dead church. But I don't want to be around dead people. It's like when you go up to people and you begin to start talking to them. And call me crazy, but I like happy people. You know, if you're not happy, if you're not a happy person, I just, I'm not saying that, that, that uh, I, I won't like you. But I can say that we're probably not going to be friends. Because there's something about those, you know, those, those, negative people that they just amplify negativity you know what I'm saying and don't don't point anybody out please but but you know it's like it's like they're mental mental terrorists it's like every time you say you'd say you're excited about life they want to come in and just blow it up it's like it's like the ISIS of negativity does that make sense you're like you're excited about something I want to be a church that we are excited about life not where we're not excited. And, and it's funny, it's like people come to you and like, hey, you know what, I really feel a calling for like adoption. And it's amazing how many people will not voice their dream because of concern of what people are going to say. You know, someone comes up and let's say there's a family that has two or three kids and they're like, hey, I want to adopt. And it's amazing how quickly people's opinions just, why would you want to do that? You already got some kids. <laughs> Dear Lord, how many tax credits do you want? You know, I mean, it's like, it's like all of a sudden, it's just like, it's like, it doesn't matter what it is. People come up to me all the time and they're like, hey, you know, I really have this calling, this, uh, I have this heart for, and maybe I want to start this life group. And it's like nobody wants to say anything. And in the church, it's like everybody are secret dreamers. Because if I tell anybody what my real dream is, people may think it's stupid or dumb. Like, why would you want to do that life group? Oh my God, we have so many other ones. They're probably going to go to theirs, not yours. No one's going to go to yours, dear God. <laughs> you know, and, and you know I, I'm thinking about, I, I really want to move out to the country. Why would you want to do that? Bugs are out there. <laughs> and bugs live in grass. You want to move in the city where there's all concrete. You know what I'm saying? There's no bugs there. Mouse every now and then, but dear Lord. It's amazing how many people are just, it doesn't matter what it is. I love that color. I hate that color. I've always hated that color. Every time I look at that color, that color makes me want to throw up. (laughs) Oh, it doesn't matter what people say, they're negative. They're negative. And it's like, it's like people just now, it's like, hi, hi. And it's all surface because if we ever get into anything real, People are just going to tear it apart. And and church, I want to be a life-giving church where people can talk about their dreams and they can talk about things and see God do something great, come on, in the lives of other people. The church is different than the world. In the world, everybody's backstabbing and trying to take your job. You know what I'm saying? In the world, people are like, you know, they want to be the teacher's favorite. They want to be the pet. They want to be the best. And, 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 And I'm not saying that that is wrong. We should all have excellence. But in the church, there, in God's economy, there is enough success for all of us to have some. And if you win, it doesn't mean that I lose. And so we want people's success. Come on, high five. Hey, I just got a car. Oh. Oh. You know, hey, I just did this. Oh. And it's like so many people are just negative. 
And if you focus on all the things you hate, I'm going to tell you this, you don't have no friends. You don't. Because it's the law of attraction that, that people repel against negativity, but they come towards people who are positive and people who have a demeanor about life that, you know what, it's generally happy. Well, I can't change who I am. I'm, I'm sarcastic. I just got to be me. You know what I'm saying? If people don't like me the way I am, then you know what? Fine. That, that, that's a great thought. That may sell some, you know, songs. But in reality, I don't know if you want to be totally alone where nobody, people call you and they never call you back. You, know, you call them and they never call you back. And you're constantly eating every night alone because people don't want to be around. People who are negative. Negative. And the truth is, you know, we're, we've all been negative one time or another. We all jump in and out of it. And as a believer, we're called to be life givers, and God is the originator of life. He's our creator. And think about this. Isn't it interesting that God, when He named Adam, He named Adam, and the, and, and the meaning of Adam's name is to make. And then Eve was named by Adam, and you would think Adam would have named Eve anything, very creative, I don't know, like, hello, you know, I mean, like, what's up, hotness, what's up, bae, how you doing, what up, girl, I'm gonna call you a sugar thing, I don't know what, I don't know what, but, but, but he called her Eve, he said, your name is Eve, and the name Eve means life giver, so in essence, it is in your roots, to make and give life. It is in you to be a life giver. A life giver means to impart. Having the ability to impart life, to add validity to somebody else. I don't know about you, but there are thoughts always moving through my head. And if it be jokes, movies, music, experiences, and uh, there, it, it doesn't matter where I'm at, songs are here in my head. And it's so, it's so frustrating because if you ask me something, I cannot remember it. But if I'm walking through a store and I get a glimpse of a song, come on, and it takes you back. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden the words, and you're like, oh, that was my jam. You, you know, you, you're like, okay. It's, it's amazing how quickly you can go back to things that you weren't even thinking about, and there, you can access them. I remember being, um, I was in my preteen years, and I have a sister who is seven years younger than I am. And her two favorite movies were um, Little Mermaid and Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Those were her two favorite movies. Willy Wonka, M M Mermaid and Willy Wonka. And so I, I didn't watch these movies. I mean, okay, okay there, there, maybe one or twice. But, but, but I, that was not on my playlist. But it's amazing how many mo the songs so out of that mermaid movie, The Little Mermaid, I can't remember all the lyrics to Kiss the Girl. I don't know why, but right now, I, I the Jamaican voice, there you see her. I got, I'm like, I, 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 I don't know, it's just in me. And then Willy Wonka, you know, when, when uh, Veruk goes in there and she has her little tantrum at the gold egg and she's like, I want it now. And, and the song, you know what I'm saying? I want the world. I want the whole world. And, and I, it's just, I don't, I'm sick, okay? <laughs> but, it, but it's just, you know, I want to lock it all up in my pocket. It's my bar of chocolate. I just know it's in there. 
Now, I don't know, preteen, adolescent, you know, preteen years, it's funny that the two songs I remember is Kiss the Girl and I Want It Now. But anyway, <laughs> if you're preteening right now, I'm just saying, watch what you listen to. Uh, but, but, but really, um, my jam though, my, 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 my song, my theme song, and probably everyone who came through the 80s, you have your song, but it's the eye of the tiger. Come on, when you hear Survivor, you know, and you hear that guitar, and you, and you, you know, you, you, you got, rising high. I mean, when you hear Survivor, you're just like, I, that is my jam. If I'm listening to that song, when I am in the car, you just know the accelerator is going up. Some of you don't understand, but you came through the 90s, so your song was Life is a Highway, okay? That's how you, that you like, wait, wait, I don't have to sing it for you. But it's amazing how it's just in you. You know what? Um, those thoughts are great when they're positive. But when those negative thoughts come up, it's amazing how they steal life and produce emotions, and you were good till you weren't. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there is offense and rejection and fear, and it's just one conversation, one moment. Everything's going great. And it's so funny, you know, how quickly we can be the children of Israel. You know, God shows up, you're awesome, you're great. And then the very next day, what are we going to do? It's terrible, everything's terrible, we're going to die. And that's how they were. A lot of times, God would show up and do the miraculous. And then the very next day, oh, we're going to die, why do we ever leave? It's terrible, 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 terrible. And I don't know if you ever feel that way. But we've got to battle our thoughts if we're going to be life givers. Well, you know, I don't know if you ever have to deal with the thoughts of bringing up past failures and shortcomings. But the truth is everyone in the house today has to deal with their thought life. And my hope is that as we open the word today, that there would, you would be able to receive some ministry and change those thoughts that would steal life and produce thoughts that would make life. And the reality is when we take negative thoughts captive, we're able to thrive. Come on, somebody. Yes. Let's look at two quotes from the Bible real quick. The first one is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. And it says, For we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing, bringing every thought, not some thoughts, but every thought into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now let's go through, let's look at one more verse and then I want to talk about this. Colossians 3, 2, look at this. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. As we read these two passages, it's important to know God's way of producing, God has a way of producing life, but the enemy produces bondage. He wants to produce bondage in your own life. Bondage is enslavement, lockup, shackled. He wants to deny you the ability to be free and to grow. And while I think believers, sometimes we blame the devil for everything. When really, this wasn't the devil. Oh, pastor, 
I was feeling it last week. Really, what happened? The enemy was attacking me. Oh, what happened? I was on my way to a meeting and I had a flat tire. And that was the devil? Oh, yeah, because it really made me mad. Okay, when you buy rubber and run over sharp objects, <laughs> that is not the devil that's inconvenient. And so I think that sometimes when things happen to us that are very frustrating, we want to blame the devil. But, but it's like, you know, oh, pastor, I had a lawnmower. It was good for about 15 years, but it gave up the battle and the enemy won. No, no it got old and you need to replace it. But the, but the truth is that if you are pursuing Christ and you are a believer, then you need to know that every, every day we face opposition. There is real opposition. And we just read a verse that, that, that we have a spiritual battle and there are, is spiritual warfare and we need to fight spiritually. Now, as we look at this today, as we begin to talk about our thought life, we need to talk about what will help us think thoughts that help us thrive and what thoughts hurt us and change us from a life giver to a life taker. I want to give you three important moves that produce life-giving thoughts from the scriptures that we just read. Three important moves that produce life-giving thoughts. The first is this. Life givers respond correctly to the battle. There is a battle. Now, this is not like some of us who do not like competition and we say, hey, let's play a game. Oh, I'm not a game person. Hey, let's play a sport. I'm not a sport person. Hey, you know what? Let's run. Why? You know what I mean? You know, and, and some of you, it, it, it's like there are those people that are anti-competitive. But can I tell you that while that mindset may work and keep you in front of Netflix with no competition, in the real world, there is a competitive thing happening for your mind, your heart, your freedom, and your soul. And the enemy wants you not to prepare and not to battle. Just act like it's okay. Just act like if I come and swing by and roll by church and get a little fast food church, then I'll be okay. But the reality is there is a battle and it's going on every day for what you're going to focus on, for how you're going to respond, for what's going to happen in your life. And the ultimate goal is that the enemy could steal your power to permeate and present life. To people. Life givers respond correctly to the battle. We live in a world, but we see things different than the world. Listen, we, we, we don't attack social problems like the way the world does. We, we see in the scripture that we just read strongholds. A stronghold is a place or a situation where the enemy has been entrenched. In other words, it's powerfully defended. Let's think about a few things in our culture. Why are families destroyed by disagreements when at the same time family was essential for life? Why is drug trafficking so hard to eliminate? I mean, when every school child goes through red ribbon week 
and talks about the pictures and the videos and how terrible it is and how drugs will affect your life. Yet, still, drugs run havoc and hurt cities and destroy families and we've seen the dev devastation. Why can't our parties in government sit down and have a civil conversation? It, where, where, where they just have a civil conversation. Here's what we think, here's what you think. And some things we'll, we'll, we'll disagree, to, we'll agree to disagree, but it's amazing how it turns into riots and demonstrations and violence. It's amazing in this culture how communism has, a, has become attractive to so many. Despite its obvious records of enslavement, murder, trap, pain, it's, a, it's crazy how in a society where we, we advertise free sex and it doesn't matter and do whatever you want, but yet we've seen generations of people destroyed by sexually transmitted diseases. It's crazy that we would sell ourselves short for money, sell ourselves out for money, and we long for the approval and respect of people that we don't even know. Come on. What I'm telling you today is I'm just trying to get us to see that, that, that there is a spiritual battle and, and the enemy wants to destroy your life. We can see in our world today ignorance, lust, prejudices, vain imaginations are all contributing to where we are today. Think about this ignorance. People want to be ignorant. It's like, they, they, it's like they're fighting to be ignorant. It's like, it's, that's not like, there are sometimes you tell someone they didn't know, like the other day, there was a, a lady in our church who had some car issues, and, and, and I had a couple men here, and they were like, man, they were getting there and fixing it, and I was like, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I was ignorant, you know, and I just never, ne I never had to rip out a car and change stuff, you know, <laughs> you know? You ask me to find the door, I'm your boy. <laughs> you ask me to find anything else, you, I can pray for you. Listen, <laughs> but people love to be ignorant. We're ignorant about a lot of things. We're, in, we're, we're ignorant. We are actually debating, come on, and I don't want to get political, but we're debating gender. We're debating, and I'm not trying to be insensitive for people who have a, a, a hard background and really deal with stuff, but we are debating gender. We are debating gender. Now, is that, if that's not ignorant gone to seed, I'm just telling you. There are things that we're debating that it's just like, we are tr it's like we're, we're running as fast as we can to ignorance. What? Spend less than you make? Stupid. <laughs> Why would you do that when we have all these credit cards available? And come on. You know, probably terrorists are going to kill us anyway. Let's charge this bad boy up and blow up. Come on. <laughs> what? It's like, I don't even it's like we're running toward ignorance, lust, lust of everything. I'm not talking about just sexually. I'm talking about everything. I want that. I want that. I'm not happy unless I can have. I'm not happy if I don't have certain shoes. I'm not happy if I don't have some of my jeans right here. I'm not happy. If, I'm, and so I'm like, dear God, if stuff makes you happy, you ain't never going to be happy. 
Because as soon as you get what you want, there's going to be something else that you need. I'm, in fact, I'm talking to my kids right now about want and need. They're like, Dad, I need it. I'm like, hold on. You want it. But you don't need it. Okay, because we got the needs on lockdown, baby. Let me tell you, we feed you, we close you. Ain't nobody naked up in this house. Okay? You're okay. Well, no, Dad, I need it. You don't need it. But it's, it's like we've got all these lusts. You know, and it's amazing, prejudice, come on. The way people look, and the way people act, the color of their skin, it's amazing. I wanna be a multicultural, multi-generational church. Come on, I, I want a lot of flavor. Come on, I wanna, I wanna do a house party, I wanna have a little Mexicano, you know, I wanna have some cheese dip, some tacos, I wanna have, then on my next day, I wanna have some soul food, you know what I'm saying? And then, come on, I want some Asian, I want, I love the color. I love it. You know what? But here's the deal, We're everybody's, everybody's so, I don't know if I can relate. You breathe, you relate. You, you breathe, you relate. You know what I'm saying? And so, listen, it's amazing. And, and, and listen, but, but even Christians, you know, we like, okay, I can get over the race issue, but I'm very prejudiced about the sin issue. And so I, I, it's very hard for me to reach out and love anybody that doesn't look like me spiritually. And the reality is, I kind of interpret the scripture verses as salt and light being light to those in darkness, not battling with Christian to Christian on who can be the brightest. <laughs> Shine, shine. <laughs> it's, it's like we're having shine contests. <laughs> you know, I'm like, whoa, whole, I thought the whole light idea was like we go out to the darkness, we encourage someone, they see something in us. But I feel like most churches, it's like a shine, shine contest. It's like, uh, I went to a conference, well, I went to two. Oh, go on. Listen. Listen, even, even people who are battling with sin, you know, listen, I, I'm, I, we're not going to agree with a homosexual lifestyle, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to marginalize them because they have, they're, they're working through stuff. Yeah. We've had people come to this church, we're going to love them and hug them and, and we're going to pray for them and we're going to do, but listen, we can disagree on sin, but always be life-giving to people. Yeah. That's how... That's how we become attractive to the lost because they weren't prejudged. Just come in the way you are and let's connect and let's meet you and know you and let's see God do a work in your life. Come on, am I talking to anybody? Vain imaginations. Come on, we all have them. Conversations that, we, that, that are in the car. And come on, they're not really conversations because they're more like monologues. And you're, and you're getting your argument right. Come on, what I'm about, I'm about, okay, okay. And I'm just working on this. I'm working on this. I'm working on, ooh, great point. Bring it in. Okay, and so you're just kind of preparing for that moment when you are going to unleash. Watch, say something. Oh, say, I'm ready. Vain imagination. You're, you're rehearsing something that, that, 
God wants you to think on other things, yes. not on this. Come on, pornography, sexual images, spending time thinking about emptiness, fruitfulness, harmful things to our spirit. Come on, that ain't going to bless you. That is not going to produce life in you. The Bible tells us that we war against strongholds, but there is good news for you. We have been given a chance to win. Come on, somebody. We've been given a chance to win. Don't let just wild things jump in your mind and stay there. Come on, you take thoughts captive. You don't let just stuff come. What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? I mean, if you think of all the things you don't have, you will be taking, your blood pressure's going to rise. Shred, you'll be <laughs> popping pills. I'm not talking about be, putting your head in the sand and being ignorant and not handling problems. But if you focus on all the things that you don't have or need to have in order to be happy, that's going to be toxic for you. I want to give you the right. Today, your mind does not have to be the garbage dump for the devil. Today, your mind does not have to be the garbage dump for the devil where you just take every thought that he wants to put into your mind. No, 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 no. I'm not a garbage dump for the devil. I'm a catalyst for the king. And I'm going to have something and I'm going to grow something with my life. And I'm just not going to entertain every thought that is dumped into my mind. Come on, somebody. Things that were spoken over you. Got to leave. Got to leave. We're not carrying that no more. The second thing is life givers recognize harmful thoughts. The life, life givers recognize harmful thoughts. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 28, it says, But I say to you that everyone who looks on a woman with lust, with lustful intent, has already committed adultery in her heart. Come on, he's talking about your thoughts. Look at this, 1 John 3, 15. Get ready, seatbelt up. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life. That's the big JC saying that, homeboy. <laughs> like that, like what I'm telling you is that Jesus w wanted to take it past actions. Old Testament was actions. But what I'm telling you is Jesus came in and said, no, 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 no. Actions is only what you've been thinking. I want to bring it back and I want to stop the seed and the root from being planted in your mind. Can I tell you, men, you better be careful. Don't walk next to that woman. Don't go and meet her at the coffee pot. Does that make sense? It's very important for you. You need to know what her name is and avoid her because what I'm telling you is you may plant seeds here that will take you 10 years to manifest. And while everybody else saw your life, oh, I was so surprised. Well, if we looked at what you were sowing here, we wouldn't be surprised. Because it is crazy to think that you can sow the wrong thing and reap the right thing. Can't happen. Can't happen. It's interesting that the Bible says anyone who hates his brother, God considers that a murderer? Like, I'm going to take murderer to a, like a whole nother level. Listen, listen. Names that you were called, labels that you were given, disappointments that occurred. Our thoughts hold the secrets to be in a, our mind and our thoughts hold the secret to be in a life giver. And the mind controls our words and our actions. And we'll talk about those later. But the enemy of our soul has made the human mind a bullseye. 
And every, every, even though you may not see it, there are constant arrows being shot at your mind. And you're going to have to fortify this if you want to produce something great in your life. You're going to have to fortify this if you want to produce something great in your life. Everyone that I know who models high level of excellence has won the battle of their mind. Everyone taking thoughts captive, leaning into the right thought, moving away from the wrong thought. Listen, as we do this, you have to understand that your thoughts, you have to actively pursue the right thoughts. You can't be passive. Come on, there's a lot of things that we can passive about. Come on, I, I, my wife sometimes is my lawn conscience. You know, lawn conscience. So it's like, uh, babe, I think the lawn, oh, wow, look, at, did you see the lawn out there? <laughs> getting, getting bigger, and my lawn conscience comes to me, and she begins to convict me in only ways that the lawn conscience can. And then I, and then I go out there, and I begin to weedy down the beast. But what I'm telling you is that we all have areas of passivity, but if you allow your mind, if you, if you don't take thoughts captive and you allow passivity to roll in your mind, what I'm telling you is you'll be down a road that your thoughts took you that you never wanted to be down. You didn't want to be down that road. We can't be stagnant and passive with our thoughts. We have to take thoughts captive. The third one is this, and we're going to spend some time here, is that life givers set their minds. Come on, set their minds. Now, I'm going to kind of give you a little insight into me. I love people. I love hanging out with people. I'll do coffee. I'll, I'll hang out. And so after service, usually people are like, hey, you want to do this? You want to do this? You want to do this? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, yes. Because my love language is busy. My love language is people. And so I'm just like, yeah, let's do it. But here's the problem is sometimes I don't put it on my calendar. <laughs> and so I will be somewhere else and someone will say, hey, I'm three minutes out. I'll be right there. And I'm like, oh, I'm 40 minutes out. <laughs> and the reality is if I want to be where I want to be, I have to set the calendar, but I don't know anybody who sets the calendar after they miss the appointment. I don't know anybody who sets the calendar after they miss the appointment. Like if I had, a, I had one time I had a, a meeting with Kathy, and I was a little, I was a little, I was, uh, you know, um, late, uh, fashionably. And so what's funny is this, is after I missed that meeting, I didn't go back into the calendar, into the, the, my calendar and set the meeting. But yet that's how we do as a believer. We blow it, we mess up, and then we want to set up over again. What if we set it right and fought the battle in our mind and was proactive rather than reactive and, oh, I blew it again. Listen, repentance is for you. I'm not saying that that's not a part, but what if we were on this side of it, setting our mind and saying, here's where I want to go and this is the place I want to end up rather than always in a repentance mode of I need to reset. Does that make sense? God wants to move you on and move you out. What are we set on? Are we set on rebellion? Come on, college students. I mean, we're we playing cool, but is there a little bit of rebellion going on? Revenge? Anger? Insecurity? Maybe even 
some of us here are mad at God because God, I don't feel like God gives me a fair shake like he's given everybody else. And while I know the Bible says God doesn't have favorites, when I look out at people, I see them getting blessed and me not getting blessed. I see life working for them, but I don't know if life is working for me. And so why I would never verbally say I'm mad at God internally, the thoughts are there. And when I think about the last time that I've prayed or read my Bible, or really wanted to connect with him, it's been a while. It's been a while. What are we setting our minds, our minds on? We gotta be proactive. Can I tell you this? To set your mind, three things need to happen. To set your mind, three things need to happen. We've gotta memorize, personalize, and analyze. And I want to talk about all three of these real quick. Memorize. Listen, we've got to set our mind. And listen, you, we don't ignore the enemy. The Bible doesn't say that. In fact, the Bible says flee from him. But we, we think we can ignore it. Like a bad thought comes in. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, it's still there. And, yeah, it, and so it's, you have to replace it. You don't ignore it. Yeah. And so if you don't replace the thought with a life-giving thought, then you can try to marginalize that thought, but that offense will always seep in the door that you've tried to shut because it wants territory and you've got to plant something in it to hold it out. Does, does, does that make sense what I'm saying? We've got to make sure that we're not ignoring bad things, but we're putting in good things. Memorize right here on our app. I don't know if you have our house app, but you need to get our house app. And I have a place on our house app that I have put 10 life-giving scriptures. I was going to pass them out, but I thought, you know what? Hey, it's 2017, baby. We don't pass stuff out. And so if you have the app, go and get the app. And on the front page of the app, there is, it says life-giving uh, memory verses. And I want our church to memorize these 10 verses because I think that they'll be ammunition when the enemy begins to throw stuff at you. The word will come up and you'll be able to fight the, that battle. And so here's what I want to tell you. Any young person, any young person, I, I, made this, uh, I, I threw this challenge out. I am giving a $50 Walmart card to any young person who can be the first to memorize all 10. Okay? I'm giving a $50 Walmart card to the first young person that can memorize all 10. And I know some of you, oh, oh my gosh, how sick. How sick. You're paying people to learn the Bible. How terrible. Well, all I'm telling you is Jesus drew 5,000 with fish and biscuits. I've tried barbecue, 5,000 did not come. So all I'm telling you is this. Listen, listen. If Jesus drew, or we're going to draw, and Walmart draws everybody. <laughs> and so here's the thing. I so want the verses to get in your head that I want to produce a culture of having something in here that when the enemy comes at you, there is a shield against him and you are implanting the right thought. Come on, somebody. 
Listen, memorize, memorize. Take time to memorize. If we can memorize songs, come on. If we can memorize Sweet Home Alabama, if we can memorize some songs, I know we can memorize some verses that will keep us married. Come on, I know it's crazy. I, that will keep us financially healthy. That will keep us, come on, keeping relationships in our life. Let's spend some time memorizing some things that will help us have a greater future. Come on, somebody. Check out the app. Second thing is personalize. Personalize. We got to get in the book, not just read it. So use I, me, mine, my, as you come across meaningful statements. Now, I want to go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, and I want to put I in here. Look at this. Though I, okay, I'm not taking away anything from the Bible for all of you theologians. We're just going to put us in it. For uh, though I walk in the flesh, I do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of my, come on somebody, warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. I am casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I am bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Come on, don't read it like it's just words or spiritual homework, but put yourself in it, and are you doing this? When an argument comes up, and pretty much I have them every, like, five seconds, <laughs> I'm always like, why did they do that? And I have to constantly bring that down, because if I focus and give myself to that, all hurt relationships of people that I love. Come on. I love these people. I'm grateful. But if that, somebody has to quiet the noise, and the reality is this, you've got to put yourself in this, and we've got to practice this. As you put yourself in the Bible, I and me and mine, it's not just spiritual homework. It's a way of transformation. And when we started this church, we wanted to see people transformed the last thing is this analyze analyze we analyze data we analyze metrics we analyze a lot of things but let me ask you this here are some questions that you need to ask yourself while you're going through a mental struggle why am I getting so hot and bothered why am I frustrated is does this mean that I'm afraid of something Am I afraid of something? Am I afraid of, of conflict? Am I afraid of success? Am I afraid of failure? Am I, what am I afraid of? Has, am I frustrated because something should have been communicated and it wasn't? You know, maybe, you're, maybe you have been wronged and someone did say something wrong or promise something or, 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 or lie or manipulate and you have a right to be upset. Church, let me tell you this. Let me quote the great prophetess, Queen Elsa. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. You hear what I'm saying? I mean, the reality is the world, the way it lets it go, and I talked about this, the way the world lets it go is it ignores. We don't ignore, we forgive. 
We forgive. Because here's the deal. If you try to cut off every relationship in your life by ignoring dad and mom and bet friend and this and that, here's the deal. You are putting off the inevitable and you are making bondage in your life. You have to forgive. You have to forgive them. You have to love them. And you have to forgive them in spite of how you feel in that moment. You've got to make a choice. The difference between the world and this is we forgive and the world ignores. When you don't forgive, listen to this, you give the enemy advantage over you. When you don't forgive, you give the enemy the advantage over you. Church, honestly, breaking long-standing mental habits is not easy. And we all have mental things that we need to overcome. Come on, our thinking's off. Our thinking's off. But we've got to set our mind on what God has called us to set it on. And here's the deal, Philippians 4, 8. Philippians 4, 8. I want you to get this real quick. Philippians 4, verse 4 through 8, it says this. 4 through 4 through 8, you were right, I said it wrong. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Now what you don't know is this, if you go up and read the first two verses, Paul is writing the letter and he's addressing two women who were fighting in the church. They're arguing and they can't agree. And he says, hey, we need to get this right. We need to get our thoughts right up on this. Because it's adding division into the church. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Look at this. Let's keep going. Go ahead and flip it over. Finally, brother, whatever things are true. Some of us are so mad about things that aren't even true. Well, I texted them 10 minutes ago. <sighs> What's wrong with them? Why are they ignoring me? Listen, they're asleep. They're in the bathroom. They have children. They lost the phone. I don't know what to say, but it's like we're mad over things that aren't even true. We don't even know if they're valid. That's the enemy. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble. Listen, don't ever entertain wrong things and say that they're good. Wrong things aren't good. Wrong things, we don't judge people because they do wrong things, but, we, but God will judge us if we say wrong things are okay. They're not. Because God wants us free and alive and living life. And He doesn't want us broken and mangled and, 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 and torn apart. God has a plan for our life. Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, come on. Whatever things, if there is any virtue in any of these things, is there anything praiseworthy? Come on, we're thinking of all the things we don't have and what we need and where we need to go. Has anything good happened in your life over the last month? Has anything good happened in your life over the last week? Are you thinking on the things that God is bringing you or are you constantly frustrated that He's not bringing you enough? Because here's the thing, when I take my kids out to go get them something to eat and they act like that's not enough, Daddy don't want to bless them. Right. 
I don't want to take them out for ice cream if what I just got them wasn't good enough. And can I tell you that as children of the Lord, you cannot expect God to lavish you and want to move you into great favor if it's never enough. Meditate on these things. Think on these things. God's ultimate goal is that He wants to invade those lofty areas and transform your old thoughts that defeat you into new thoughts that free you. That free you. Can I tell you this? You guys stand up with me. You can't think and focus on wrong thoughts and produce the right outcome. Come on. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at the house, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.